Drive Time Link is sponsored by Barry Law Firm. For over 50 years, Barry Law Firm has been fighting for veterans' rights. Visit BarryLawFirm.com to learn more. He's a lifelong Nebraskan, commander of the U.S. Navy SEAL Team and U.S. Special Operations. He served around the globe and now at home in Lincoln, Nebraska, speaking the truth to the state capitol. Barry Law Firm is proud to present Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Monday, December 13th. Hope it's going well for everybody. Uh, again, we're blessed, really, with phenomenal weather here in the capital city in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, so I hope that you're uh, getting to, you know, finish out some outdoor activities. Because uh, you know the snow's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but it's coming. It's always coming. Uh, my daughter said to me the other day, it's an El Nino. It might be true. I don't know. I haven't uh, figured it out. But uh, I think that that is uh, warmer southern weather blowing up here more than uh, the Arctic North pushing down on us. Uh, <clears throat> excited this week. Uh, I've kind of designated this crime week or law and order week. We're going to have lots of folks across the uh, law enforcement paradigm in on the show. Uh, also... Folks that are concerned citizens about it, uh, always on watch. As you know, I'm big on uh, supporting our first responders and law enforcement officers. And, you know, it's a simple fact. Uh, we don't have enough street officers here in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's just a fact, folks. I mean, you can pull up the data on everything else. Uh, you can look at... Uh, what our new police chief has uh, suggested, um, and we haven't done much over the years since I've been on air to um, fix that problem. Now, the the impact is what we all are concerned about, and we will definitely go over that today. Uh, joining us in the second segment will be uh, Sheriff Terry Wagner, which I think is great because we haven't had him on. Um, and if you think of layered defense, uh, obviously LPD covers the city, and the sheriff uh, has the county. Uh, and while he, he and his uh, deputies are out and about the county, there's also, as any law enforcement agency or military unit, there would be cross-pollinization and work in some of the same problem sets. So really interested to get his perspective. And I also know that he's uh, running for sheriff again, which I think is great, and, and maybe he'll talk about that. But I want to focus on the integration and kind of the countywide issues uh, that I've been talking about all year. You thought I forgot, didn't you? It's day 111 of the mask siege here in Lincoln, Nebraska. 722 is still on the board, and I am detainee 3101, otherwise known as the host of Drive Time Lincoln Commander Jack Riggins. Uh, 722, how was your weekend, real quick? It was good. It was good. I Nothing to complain about. Pretty relaxing. I like that. Nothing to complain about. Well, I, I did enjoy, even though it was a little emotional, um, saying goodbye to Carla James. Um, I'm sure she's enjoying kind of her first day without the, uh, I don't want to say panic, but the ebb and flow of news activity all day long. So I appreciate you helping out with that. Yeah, no, it was, it was an honor to be a part of Friday's show for me. Um, just be here for Carla's last day. and <laughs> She's definitely missed here already, really. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you never know what we're going to get hit with at KLIN. It might be viruses on the computers, or in my case, a virus on Facebook. Yep, uh, yep. Let, let me put it out there officially, folks. Uh, my password has been changed, so everything should be good. Uh, but about 2.30 today, as I picked up uh, one of my children from school, it was as if simultaneously uh, my text, my phone, fo- everything, ev- digital chaos but that's awesome because everybody out there all you lincolnites all you members of the crew were letting me know that i had been hacked i am uh, proud to say that i was one of those text messages yeah you were you. on top of it uh bottom line is i'm sure it's happened over my life uh believe it or not it was a fellow vet who you know uh sean svoboda lieutenant colonel type uh from never give up the hunt uh Sent me a message. It looked legitimate. Thought, oh, well, maybe it's a picture of me from some news article back in the war. I don't know. And uh, no, it got me. It got me. Fair and simple. All's well, though. Uh, Masks. So what are we? I mean, we're darn near. We're not the two years of COVID. I mean, some people remember hearing about COVID in January and and, uh, January of 2020. Uh, I just kind of round up to two years, but maybe March it all started. One of the things that I always kind of giggle about is, you know, I think we're all different on the impacts, and certainly it's tragic. But with regard to this mask mandate and the different masks, I haven't had any kind of real encounters until this weekend. And uh, I was at uh, I was at an indoor athletic facility and I'll say half the people adults didn't have their masks on and the kids obviously aren't required to have their masks on uh, while they play but anyway I went in the door and uh, you know good on the young man for reminding me to have a mask on and and I politely declined and then management got a hold of me and asked me to leave and I did so the nice thing with soccer is so one I did the right thing. I wasn't going to wear a mask per the mandate indoors, so so I left the establishment. And there's plenty of soccer games to see, so it wasn't that big a deal. But what is of course funny is that half the folks in there didn't have it. So you know I had to ask, so does that mean you're going to enforce everyone? <laughs> and that was probably my most flippant comment. And then I promptly left. Listen, I get it. The owner was backing up the young man who was uh, doing his duty. But in the end of the day, I think this is, as you know, very silly. I don't think that any data supports uh, the impact that some people think we're having. And I think it's very political. And I think that's unfortunate because I don't like to be part of a political pawn for whatever reason. And if there's science behind it, and then we can see the change, we can see the impacts, and more people are apt to do it. But, again, we'll see. Maybe next week it'll be dropped. I would say this with LPS. uh, You've heard me talk about some of their data, and they're going to have a school board meeting uh, tomorrow, uh, last one of the year. And I've talked about, you know, my frustration with them kind of citing adult data throughout the county and the city when it comes to masking. And I just 
we get enough of that. We get enough of that on everyday TV. We get enough of it from the weekly reports. Uh, listen, school board is dealing with adults, teachers, and the youth. I have simple questions for them. You know, would you have a mandate if LLHD didn't? Um, what are the impact studies to kids and teachers? You know, physically, developmentally, educationally, socially, communication, and their mental health. These are important second and third order effects of something like a mass mandate. And I don't hear anyone really discussing that. And those are the questions I would ask them at the board meeting. Now, multiple outlets have been reporting that one third of LPS teachers are thinking about retiring at the end of the year. That's not. Uh, because they all just decided, oh, you know, I don't like teaching. There's some impact that that is causing multiple outlets to report that to us all. I hope it doesn't happen. We need education. Um, but I can't imagine the work environment is very difficult with masks. Now, I said before, uh, I'm excited about this week. Uh because we're going to have lots of different folks involved in law enforcement in the community here. And you never know where it's going to go other than when I look at crime and I look at lack of street officers, there's trends. And I don't think, as I've been saying on the show, you have to you know, have advanced degrees to understand that Lincoln is behind the curve in some of the crime that's going on. And when you go back to the riots and the way they were handled and no prosecutions and and a very lax response, meaning after it was done, you're kind of inviting crime to your city. Now, what's interesting is even nationally, as of late last week and this week, uh, the rest of the nation is feeling crime as well. Large crime waves. Uh, Listen, I don't want to see CCTVs of people breaking in, in masses, and stealing goods in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's not about the goods to me. Certainly to the shop owners and people it is. It's about the chaos and the societal friction that that causes. But yet, we look at... And it's, it's just what it is, folks... The 12 Democrat-controlled cities in America are having huge crime sprees. And the fact of the matter is, we're a democratically controlled government here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, if we had a million people, we and, and you took our numbers, we would be on the nightly news every night right now in this national conversation about crime wave and lackadaisical policies, and lack of support for the police. I don't like that. I don't like that one bit. And the reason is, is because when you break it all down, our society functions under an agreed-upon set of laws and values from which we all have to live. And, of course, the first responders, the uh, police and the sheriffs out there, they're the ones who enforce that. And so... It's not all dire here in Lincoln, Nebraska, but I'm trying to show you the trend line and the fact that even on the nation over the last two years, uh, people are getting fed up with it. You want to 
you want to see the numbers? You want to hear them real quick before we get to Sheriff Terry Wagner? Uh, listen, you all know this. Data can be played both ways. But at some level, when you get it right from the source, like the department's incident report crime stats as of December 5th, you look at some interesting things. Over the five-year average, uh, murders are up 17%. Aggravated assaults in the city are holding steady, right on average. No dent in that. Auto thefts are up 27%. Larceny from auto, 12%. Arson, holding steady. Vandalism, up 26%. Trespassing, up 47% over five-year period. Sex crimes, up 23%. Child abuse, holding steady. Missing persons, holding steady. Frauds up 8%. Now those might not seem, depending I guess on what you think, uh, where you're at, that's not putting a dent in. Some of the other ones we could question, honestly, when you just look at the data, shoplifting. It's down an astronomical number. And so you could go, well, there's a good one, Jack. 40%. Okay, fair. Maybe. But then you could ask yourself, well, are we charging people for shoplifting? Because if you're watching some of the national cities, and maybe we are. You know, I need to get the city attorney in here to ask him some of these things of what he's charging and what he's not charging. But you do see a trend in other Democrat-controlled cities where they're moving the needle on what we charge for. So if it's San Francisco, we go, you know, we don't have enough cops to enforce shoplifting, so we're going to say, eh, unless you steal $500, bucks, $500 worth of stuff. And I think somewhere else they moved it to 1000 Hence some of these crime sprees, right? So you're not enforcing what has been good law and order stuff over the years. Now, I'm not saying that's here. I don't know. But it surprises me that shoplifting would be down when we see other other metrics spiking for instance i look at trespassing now there's all kinds of different forms of trespassing of course but up almost 50 percent well i think anybody that's worked around the criminal element could tell you that some of trespassing is like being on the prowl but maybe you just get caught a little bit before in the military we would call that prepping the battle space or doing a reconnaissance not all of them but some of them, right? So all of a sudden, trespassing could lead to burglary, theft. Who knows? Uh, in the end of the day, we're short on street officers. Uh, while there's been some nice political uh, articles in the Journal Star saying, well, we've hired new officers because of uh, American recovery plans. Uh, We haven't put a dent in the waterfall of our LPD. So what we're going to do is we're going to continue to explore that uh, with the experts here on Drive Time Lincoln. Dan, I know you're on the line. Uh, I'm going to tell you not today. So I apologize for that. 
Normally I wouldn't cut you off, but I want to get to uh, Sheriff Terry Wagner. Um, and I want to welcome you quickly. We'll get to your second segment, but I want to say thank you for coming in. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, so Sheriff Terry Wagner uh, got in and uh, listened to a little bit of the rant. But, um, no, I appreciate you coming in, and, and I've, you know, I've, I've been on law enforcement for a while on this show, and I think that uh, one of the things folks maybe take for granted or don't understand is your responsibilities in the county, but also the fact that, you know, given our situation with the large city, uh, you're uh, as well intimately familiar with mm-hmm. LPD and, and working together. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. We We, we and I'll say that collectively, are way, way short of officers or deputies that we need. Uh, if you look at the coasts, either coast, uh, a population our size will have three times the number of police officers or deputy sheriffs that we have. Um, you know, the only good news from that is it's really forced us to work together more collaboratively. We have a, a whole host of collaborative efforts from Narcotics Task Force, Fugitive Task Force, criminal interdiction, crime scene technicians, uh, you name it, um, you know, we have uh, partnered with it as, as much as we can. And so um, that's, that's really a great deal. But when we have something catastrophic like the riots, we run out of people very, very quickly. Sure. And because uh, we just don't have enough officers. So, um, yeah, you make some great points and, and uh, yeah. Well, I think the key is, is you still got to do the job. Still got to do the job, absolutely. And you are. And you're going to find efficiencies, and you're going to find, as you said, collaborative ways to make it work. But at the same time, uh, you can't always predict what's going to happen in depth on the bench and and normal things uh, that we all as citizens expect can fall through the cracks. We'll be on uh, all second segment with Sheriff Terry Wagner here on Drive Time Lincoln. Uh, really appreciate it. We're calling it Crime Week or Law and Order Week, whichever one you want to pick here on uh, 1499.3 KLIN Drive Time Lincoln. You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on 1499.3 KLIF. All right, we're back on uh, Drive Time Lincoln with uh, Sheriff Terry Wagner in. I know um, that you decided to run for re-election for sheriff. Yes, um, you know, my term's up uh, next next January, a year from January, and, and uh, I've been... Uh, I've been with the sheriff's office 45 years now and, and uh, sheriff for 27, and I really, uh, you know, I just want to continue the legacy that we have established. Um, want to keep going and, and uh, uh, help everybody be as as good as we can be. So Yeah, well, I mean, you're definitely a grizzly veteran of it. <laughs> grizzly, okay, that's a good, <laughs> good term. That's a good term in SEAL Team. Okay. A, a grizzly vet, uh, know what you're doing, been around. Um, but at the same time, it's been some interesting times, uh, not just with COVID, but with some of the social movements that led to some unrest here, and I think has some people uneasy, has me uneasy. I mean, I talk about the crime and stuff, and so I think that, you know, one, you don't have to do these things. You don't have to run for re-election. Right. But, but it is volunteer service um, because you want to make sure that, you know, we get this right as we kind of grow through yeah. this. And yeah, I had a lot of people urging me to run again, and so that was a huge a huge factor in that. So, Well, I mean, we're going we're gonna to have Sheriff Wagner on uh, 
in the entire second segment, we're going to ask a lot of questions. I'm going to get his take on something I don't cover a lot, which is just kind of the the county or what I call you know the outer parts of uh, Lincoln, uh, of which I've always been amazed because it's any county is a large landmass, and and I don't really know uh, all all your officers and and uh, kind of techniques and how you do it but i'm very interested right well it's not for everybody that's for sure <laughs> i'll bet it's not but anyway sheriff terry wagner here on uh drive time lincoln uh we're kicking off uh crime week and we're essentially starting from the outside of the county uh coming back in and i've talked about some of the you know crime statistics in the city and some of the national crime wave stuff going on and listen we don't want that here uh we want to make ourselves a hard target for crime and people like that 1499 3 klin Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Law Firm on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, back. We're surviving uh, December 13th. Wonderful, beautiful weather. It's crazy. Uh, it is day 111 of the mask siege, and we are talking crime or law and order. We've got uh, Sheriff Terry Wagner in the office. And uh, you came in, and I was kind of machine-gunning my stats. Uh, where do you think we are crime-wise? I mean, uh, county-wide. You know, because I the I pull always Lincoln-specific. Right. Um, but here's what I want to ask challenges that you and your deputies face out there countywide well you know we our, our stats are you know one one crime in one area can can skew our stats 50 percent. so sure uh the, the stats for the county don't necessarily hold true but when you look at the city of lincoln and kind of extrapolate that out um you know we're i'm convinced that that the tactics that we have used in the fugitive task force you know, get those people in jail as soon as a warrant comes out so that they can't commit more crimes. I'm convinced that some of those efforts have really kept violent crime down. Um, I know you said murders up over five years, but um, I think the, the truer test is to look at the aggravated assault rate. Um, because we'd have a lot more folks that, that wouldn't survive some of those wounds if it weren't for our excellent emergency medical technicians, uh, the fire paramedics and the emergency room personnel that save folks. Right. And so uh, aggravated assault seems to be a little bit better gauge of the violence in the, within well, an area. And, and I'm glad you bring that up because no doubt, you know, as the host, I get on a roll and I start going. And, I, you know, when you look at stats and that's what you're trying to paint a picture, you know, I'm not above telling stats and thinking, oh, and I laughed because I was looking at murder, and I was like, yeah, but, you know, murder is a very specific thing where usually people, a good majority of them, they've just lost it. You know, right. whether it's anger, whether it's a, a relationship thing. I mean, they've gone beyond the normal human bounds. Not all the time, but but I like your point about aggravated assault. And one of the, I, I want to say... Uh, Oh, neighborhood rumors out there is exactly what you said. One, our first responders are so good, and also our hospitals at saving some folks. So, you know, the truth is, is that's great on the back end. Yes. Right? And aggravated assaults, you know, is a more common theme to happen that I, you know, you guys target and, you know, try to keep violent people right. out of the area. Yeah, so... You know, when when there's a shooting, um, you know, if it's if it's uh, survivable at all, you know, our folks here will will 
you know, make sure that those those victims can 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 survive. And so that's a really good thing. So, yeah, what are some of the efficiencies, um, you know, uh, between the two uh, agencies oh, that, you know, you've seen over the last couple of years? Well, you know, I mean, this has been going on for 20 years. Every time uh, we have an opportunity to work together on a given project, we do. And it started 20-some years ago with our building. Uh, we were in separate facilities. Uh, we each had our own property room. You know, uh, yada, yada, yada. When I started in this, in this business, we had our own communications. LPD had their own communications. Fire department had their own communications. So now it's all combined into one. Um, our, when we moved back together in, in 97, uh, back into the Justice and Law Enforcement Center, we combined property rooms. Uh, we combined the service desk, uh, you know, and uh, so we have, uh, you know, we have a fugitive task force that's a that's a U.S. Marshals led task force. Members of Lincoln Police are on that. State Patrol, other counties, a criminal interdiction unit that's uh, comprised of deputy sheriffs and and Lincoln Police, and it's uh, a Homeland Security run uh, task force. Lincoln Lancaster County Narcotics Task Force. Uh, we have a deputy assigned there to the narcotics task force. Um, crime scene technicians. We have crime scene technicians. LPD has crime scene technicians. They train together. They share equipment. Um, we're able to buy some equipment with some seized assets that the unit didn't have before. It's a it's very beneficial. Um, so you know those folks work together. When LPD has a major crime, they'll call the crime scene unit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter whether they wear brown or blue. They'll They'll show up, and then, you know, as that first apex of the of that crime, you know, settles down, th- then LPD will handle theirs, and or, or vice versa will handle ours. So, um, it's been it's been very beneficial, really, for the taxpayers. Sure, uh, to have, uh, you know, that it's that force multiplier yeah. for each of us. And um, like I said, you know, when things really. When you just don't have the depth on the bench, mm-hmm. that's when it really shows we just don't have enough cops in this in this town. You know, sure. So yeah, in the whole area. And uh, again, um, we're on with uh, Sheriff Terry Wagner. Uh, it, you know, county commissioners are who fund you. Correct. And uh, we all want to fight for our money. We want to fight for our budgets. Uh, but I have to suspect, just given what I know about the area and the city and the county, is you know how are you on Manning? You know, when it pertains to being able to have depth and being able to, you know, continue to grow your force to meet the need. The county commissioners have been very good uh, to, to the sheriff's office. You know, I don't like paying taxes any better than you do. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, I, you know, we keep that in mind on a daily basis that we're paying taxes, too. Uh, but the commissioners have recognized, you know, when we made a proposal to hire six new deputy sheriffs in six years, they agreed. And we'll, we visit that on a yearly basis, and, and now it's time for number four of six. Problem is, we're having a hard time recruiting and hiring people. So we are taking applications right now. So if uh, you know if you want to get back in the grind and uh, become a deputy sheriff, we'd love to have your application. Ooh, I like that. You know, the funny thing about it, I think every veteran, at some point in time, it goes through your mind. There's no doubt about it. You think, you know, or take me, I'm like, you know, I should just shut up and quit talking, and I should just go through the school and get in a squad car, you know, or a patrol car. I'd, and to be honest, I'd probably be better suited for the sheriff so that yeah. I would, would police. You know, but it's funny because we have had uh, great applicants do a good job in the academy, do a great job in the field training. 
training program, and then they get out on their own. And at three o'clock in the morning, twenty-five miles from Lincoln, it's dark. Yeah, and uh, and you've got a car of undesirables that you just stopped, and things can get real hairy real quick. Sure. So rural policing is definitely different than urban policing, mm-hmm. uh, and it it isn't for everybody. Some folks uh, just you know that's not for me, but uh, it's very rewarding. Um, we learn to be a lot more diplomatic because when you're by yourself, you need to be able to talk your way out of things. You need de-escalation. We've been doing that for years because sure. we had to. Sure. Uh, and and to, you know so, um, and then you know, if if you if you really got to get to it, yeah, get more help or and back off and get more help or or go another day. So yeah, well, um, it's that's interesting because like you said, I mean, you're out there. Listen, folks, you know when you leave the city and you're just driving and you realize just how dark it is out there. And then, you know, you have a a deputy out there with some folks, you know, in a truck, many maybe going onto a property for whatever reason to check on something. And, uh, you know, in the end of the day, your help, your backup is a ways away. 20 minutes? Yeah. Easy? Yeah. Yeah, 20 minutes? Different, but I would encourage anybody, you know. Taking applications, go fill it out. Listen, uh, you know, we're always trying, doesn't matter if it's U.S. military or local service, deputies, sheriffs, you know, LPD, if you will. Uh, these jobs, in my opinion, uh, yes, we all need money. That's, yep. that's part of it. I get it. And we need benefits. But, you know, if you have a passion for service and a passion for law enforcement, don't let those small things stop you from applying and getting in there because these are jobs of passion. I did it for 20 years in mine. And while that's nice stuff, if you do it long enough, that other stuff will come. You've got to enjoy it every day and the job and the people. It's an honorable profession. And I, you know, disregard whatever you've heard from any other part of the country. It's an honorable profession and people are in it. 99%, 99.9% of all the cops in this nation are in it for the right reasons. They're in it to make a difference, to to keep their communities a safe place to live. And uh, unfortunately, once in a while, somebody does th- you know something wrong, and 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 they're prosecuted for it. But um, yeah, you're right. It's it's an honorable profession that that people, if they really want to make a difference, it's a good place to be. Yeah, and that's the key. I think you know it's an honorable profession. If they want to make a difference, if they want to serve, you know, don't let. Uh, the area, don't let any of the minutia that changes over time, you know, uh, get in there, get your hands dirty, get trained by the best, start getting OJT, and next thing you know, again, like you said, 99.9 that get into it are doing the right thing, and it becomes a rewarding career, mm-hmm. you know, Fair, yeah. and we need it, folks. I mean, that's the other thing. You hear uh, the experts, you know, coming on the show, I mean, we need more Sheriff deputies, we need more officers, and it's a rewarding career. Uh, one of the things you said, and I, I, I've got to talk about my friends at Barry Law Firm, but uh, a term that undesirables, uh, that's a great term. <laughs> Listen, if you're an undesirable and uh, maybe you get yourself in a little trouble, or maybe you're just a good person like me uh, at this stage of my life, as I was an undesirable when I was young, uh, you might need some criminal defense attorneys or personal injury. Something happens, an accident on the job, or uh, you're a veteran like me as well, and you're trying to navigate the VA. Uh, give my friends at Barry Law Firm a call at 402-235-6965. Uh, they've been practicing since 1965. Vast majority of the lawyers are uh, veterans. They understand the Constitution of the United States. They understand uh, the Bill of Rights and individual rights. And they're going to help you win your case. Listen, 
anytime you get in a criminal defense situation or personal injury or dealing with the VA, it can be overwhelming for an individual. So give Barry Law a call at 402-235-6965 so they can help you fight back. We're on with uh, Sherry Terry Wagner uh, talking a little bit. God, that visual. I still have the visual of the dark night and... uh, you know, I was fortunate enough not to ever have to be out by myself mm-hmm. uh, unless they kind of uh, faked a helicopter crash and told us all to run. And then we were on uh, evasion and escape, which uh, was never fun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it is a, a very unique beast. But I also have to think very rewarding for your officers out in the county and um, not necessarily being in the urban sprawl. You're right. Um you know, it, it, it is a different, you know, I mean, you have to drive with one finger on the steering wheel in the county and be able to wave because if you don't wave, <laughs> somebody's going to call in and say, that deputy was rude. He didn't wave when I waved back at him. In the city, you might get waved at with a different finger. And yeah. uh, so, it, you know, if, <laughs> if you're taking a report of a stolen tractor battery, there's a good chance you're going to have to have a cup of coffee with the farmer when you're taking that information. You know, and we, we have the luxury of being able to sit down with folks, make sure they understand their case is important. We don't have the volume of calls that the sure. city does. And so, you know, we're able to to take that extra time, and we put a lot more of our efforts into those kinds of cases, the vandalisms, mailboxes, or, you know, thefts from auto, uh, to help solve some of those crimes, because we've got the time to do it. Yeah, and I... It, we always think or hear big terms of community policing, but in the, in fact, you guys are out there getting to know all the people in their counties. Most of them have large land, you know, and and the dynamic in some of the smaller outlying towns is is different than Lincoln. Yeah, we you know we community. Uh, I remember when community policing first became the buzzword, and I thought that's what we have right. done forever. Right, you know you're. You run into the, you pull into town, uh, you need to know who the bartender is, you need to know who's running the general store, and you need to know who the troublemakers are, the undesirables in that right, town. Right. So, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, well, like I said, I mean, it's a, it's another part of the, uh, as I like to say, the law enforcement umbrella yeah. uh, that keeps us all safe and, you know, does what I think is very important in America, which is to enforce the laws, because uh, in the end of the day, folks, I mean, societies are built on an accepted uh, agreement that we will live here peacefully and we'll obey the laws. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's just people that don't. Well, and I think there's been a degradation of... You know, people embracing the Ten Commandments to start with and obeying uh, so they don't obey our laws like they used to. Sure. It, um, yeah. So well, I, I definitely think there's a lack of uh, there's a lack of education, a lack of uh, instilling a moral compass yep, in, exactly. in folks that as we compass. come up. And uh, and frankly, I mean, you know, one of my sons, you know, just went to the Air Force and I was kind of sad in a way, not for him. I was excited, but I was thinking, you know, I wonder for young people if the military or law enforcement, you know, if you decide to go into it, is one of the places where it ensures you get instilled those things and you understand them. Well, you do, because, uh, you know, we hold our people to a very high standard. You know, honesty and integrity are mm-hmm. the two are the two points that you just cannot, cannot compromise. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting... Uh, it's an interesting dynamic, a very rewarding career, uh, very helpful to us all. Even though this show is Lincoln, I know everybody in Lancaster County can hear this show. And uh, we're on with Sherry, Sheriff Terry Wagner uh, running for re-election. And we're just talking about the integration and the dynamics of uh, 
deputies and police here in the area. 14993 KLIN. You're getting the 411 with DTL with Commander Jack Riggins. Powered by Barry Lawfer on 14993 KLIN. All right, folks, the traffic update, uh, 40th and Sweetbriar, south of Highway 2, there's an accident. So please watch for slowdowns. Uh, finishing up with Sheriff Terry Wagner, uh, one of the things uh, I do want to say is he, of all my guests, has the best Christmas tie-on that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, one of my staff members gave me this tie, and it's got the... Uh, Proverbial music and his little flashing lights. So. Yeah, he's he's got flashing lights. He's got Christmas carols going on. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I don't know uh, how long the batteries will last. I'm hopefully not long. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, I'll bet that thing was hard to get on with all those wires. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. What are you looking forward to here in the near future? Well, I'm looking forward to. You know, being able to hire some quality candidates. So we, we've taken applications till uh, January 9th. And, um, you know, if you want to make a difference in the world and, and you work in a profession that makes pretty good money and is an honorable profession, we'd love to have you. Yeah, um, and, and we need uh, you. And we need you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have some numbers. We need, You know, we're, we're running uh, out of some of those guys in the late 70s, uh, like <laughs> me, that are starting to retire. And so sure. we're having several retirements coming up. And so we, we need to fill those slots. Along with some added positions, and and so uh, yeah, we'll we'd be glad to have uh, folks' application. And so, um, I just want to thank, you know, working for citizens in Lancaster County is really a pleasure. Uh, like I said, when you drive around, you got to have your finger up, uh, being able to wave back at them. They treat us well. They'll back us up in a jam. Um, you know, when the Hallam tornado hit, you know, fifteen years ago, um, they they were there to help. You know us uh, along with the entire community. Yeah. So great, great, uh, great citizenry to, to yeah. uh, police. Well, I agree. I mean, we are a great citizenry county, um, and let's keep supporting our sheriffs and our law enforcement because it's so important. And you're very right. One of the things that's very Nebraskan is the one finger wave. That's, that's right, no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, Sheriff Terry Wagner on Drive Time Lincoln fourteen hundred ninety nine three with Commander Jack Riggins. Thank you. You bet.